1: Welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Lamy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? You know what, Daryl, we got all kinds of things. I'm proud of what we've been cooking up, right, Daryl? It's an, you know, it is a challenging time. There's no question about that. And I know uh, many people in our audience are are facing challenges that, quite frankly, we didn't expect to face uh, this year. However, in the middle of all of it, uh, just like any um, any storm, any cloud has has silver linings. There is some really good things coming out of this season, and I just want to say a huge thank you to the Selling from the Heart community. Uh, we have got the benefit of being part of maybe the most encouraging community of sales professionals out there, and it has been um, just. Inspiring, encouraging. It's been incredible interacting with so many of you over the past few weeks as we're trying to navigate this new reality. I know it's hard times, but the Selling from the Heart community, man, Larry, it is. It's amazing the people uh, that we're around. Yeah, you know
0: when when we just went, when the book started to come to life a little bit as I was writing the book, Daryl. You know, I didn't know what to expect, and you know that because we've had some pretty in-depth conversations about it. And I didn't know the magnitude of the book and how it impacts sales lives and leaders lives and and all that. But over the last couple of weeks, oh my gosh, the, the, the outpouring of this is what the books meant to me. You know, I I just literally, I led a book club read on over this past weekend. Three of the people on the call have read selling from the heart four times. Wow. And it just, it, you know, it's just, sometimes oh, wow. I just want to sit back and cry because I go, you know, the message is resonating and, and unfortunately in the circumstances that we're going through right now, heart matters more than ever
1: before. Yeah, it definitely does. And by the way, if you're new to the Selling from the Heart podcast, welcome. We're glad you're here. You've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, adding real value, We call it Selling from the Heart. And speaking of the team read, Larry, I'm so excited about the team read that's kicking off inside the Selling from the Heart Facebook group. Uh, If you haven't heard about this or tried it out, you got to get in the group. It is so exciting to see um, not only the people that are getting involved, but the thought leaders that are going to be chipping in. It's like having a backstage pass uh, to the, the incredible things going on at the forefront of the sales world right now. Yeah, and um,
0: I'll just I'll just tease it up, but it was just I was just brainstorming uh, at the wee hours that I get up, and I started formulating the people that are going to be coming in as thought leaders and all that, and I got up to thirty five, and I go, all right, I think this is good.
1: For a while, <laughs> we're, we're going to have a great time. If you're not in the Selling from the Heart uh, Insiders Group on Facebook, it's private group. Um, it's it's uh, for the Selling from the Heart community only. There's a seven-day free pass. You can go to sellingfromtheheart.net slash Facebook. You really want to check this out because I think as we navigate through the rest of this challenge and then emerge on the other side and, and begin to capitalize on the recovery, it's going to take everything we've got and uh, we're ready to pour out everything we've got and, and really work together as a community to make all that happen. So Check that out, sellingfromtheheart.net slash Facebook. Uh, we hope you can be a part of it because I think we've got a, a huge opportunity on the other side of this, and we need to be poised and ready uh, to help our clients out and, and really uh, tr- be the drivers for the recovery. But speaking of all of that, Larry, we're, we're in a very interesting time right now. And I know many people in our audience are in an interesting time. Having um, shifted very quickly um, without much notice from, you know, in many cases, face to face interactions with clients and business as usual, to all of a sudden we're living in a very digital and virtual world, at least for the short term, um, where we've got to shift our strategy. So we've pulled a special guest onto the podcast today that I think is really going to. Help us out as we navigate this new world. So, Larry, why don't you introduce our friend and let's dive in? Yeah, I will. But before I really formally introduce Jason, I got to give the backstory
0: on this because it's actually, as Jason reminded me prior to coming on the podcast, I go, Did we meet through so and so? And so and so he goes, No, he goes, I sent you a cold email. And so, this perfectly sets us up for this whole Selling from the Heart podcast today. So, Like everybody else out there, we all, I mean, emails just embedded into our lives and we get a ton of emails. We send a ton of emails. Well, one day I get this email from Jason Bay and I rarely open emails if I don't recognize who they're from, but something caught my eye on this. Uh So I open it and I didn't really even skim the whole email. It's just typical. You open up email, right? If it's a catchy title and you go right to the bottom to see who wrote it. Well, right at the bottom of this, is Jason waving at me. Right. And I go, what the heck is this? I click on it and he actually video chatted a message through email. And then he had the body of the email. And I go, dude, I got to talk to this guy. So we set up a call and we've become really good friends ever since. And this is a great time
2: to talk about some of this stuff. So Jason Bay, welcome to selling from the heart. Dude, I'm excited for this. I, I forgot. Cause we do have a mutual connection there. I forgot that I sent you a cold email with that. <laughs> with a video in it, so that's pretty funny. Yeah.
1: No, it's all that's good. That's fantastic, I love it, old school prospecting, new strategies, it was so yep. good. But before we dive into that, Jason, and welcome, I'm so glad you're here, but I really am, am interested to hear what your thoughts are on
2: what does it mean to you when you hear the words selling from the heart? I like this concept of teach, don't take, and it's a very uh, integral part of any successful prospecting or selling uh, strategy, in my opinion. And the reason this really, for me, I really embody this is selling to me has always been about teaching people. When I sold house painting services in college and going door to door, my goal is to teach them how to uh, purchase house painting services and how it works and what goes into it and what you should look out for and all this other stuff. I've always taken that approach. And I think right now we're in a mode where automation is so easy to do and it's so easy to send out these mass blast emails and, you know, make all these different calls with a predictive dialer and all this other stuff that people are just wanting to take things from prospects. They want 15 minutes of their time or 30 minutes of their time. There's no promise in return for what the prospect's going to get from it. So it's really thinking more about the buyer and prioritizing their needs first uh, prior to prioritizing your needs and what you want from them. Yeah. And and it's very well said, by the way, Jason, thank you. And
0: it's really interesting because that takes a whole mind shift change. It it really does. And I think with consistency comes these things, but it's just so hard because we're in the, we're in the here and now, right? Jason, we're in the, what do I, what am I going to sell now? What, what can I do now? And it comes across that way. If we can just take a step back, and teach. That's what a lot of people want, help them do better business, which means that you have to educate them, you have to teach them along
2: the way. Absolutely. And it's not, you know, we're, I'm sure we're going to get into examples of what that is. But a lot of people right now are asking if they should prospect or not, and all this other stuff. And my thing is, yeah, you absolutely should. But you need to be more helpful than you've ever been. But that's something I would normally say, I would normally say you need to be helpful. And a lot of people are struggling as to what that, actually means because they've either relied on their company's brand or being able to do stuff at a really high scale and play a numbers game. They've never really had to do it before. But yeah, it's simply teaching your prospects something. You can do that by gathering insights from current customers. And that's where I see the first mistake happening is people are guessing. You can't empathize with people that you don't know who they are. Like people are trying to guess what prospects are feeling right now and what they're going through when it's really as simple as just talking to your current customers, figuring out what they're going through and and seeing how you can be helpful for them first. And then you just say, Hey, we work with dozens of other companies like yours here are two or three things that they're doing right now to deal with these uncertain times. Is it cool if I share some of those stuff with you? That's, it's really as simple as that. It's going to take a lot of work though, to, to get those conversations and to get the insights, but that's a technique I would have recommended regardless Mm -hmm. of the times. Yeah, well, and this is what I've—I've I've been having conversations all day
1: today about the good things that are coming out of out of this adversity that we're going through right now. And I think this teach don't take mindset is one of the good things that can happen out of this adversity because, um, yeah, if if someone's telling you to stop prospecting, um, well, come on, that's it. that's crazy, that's madness. However if you're a prospecting from a take mentality, yeah, you probably need to stop doing that. Uh, You're going to get a lot of doors slammed. You're probably going to hurt your reputation. Um, But if you're prospecting from a teach mentality, um, what can I give? What, how can I educate? How can I add value? How can I, how can I help? Um, How can I share ideas? This is the type of prospecting that we probably should be doing all the time. But you absolutely have to prospect from that perspective now. Um, and and the take thing is going to really hurt your reputation right now. The teach thing is going to build your reputation and build your trust um, so that uh, you, you're actually going to have a, a pipeline that's really full on the tail end of this. Exactly.
2: Yeah. The, the basic um, framework, I would say, for a good message, whether that be through email or through phone or whatever it might be, is this... Uh, concept of, I like to talk about pain and gain and, and really talking about uh, why people decide to purchase something. Mm-hmm. And our job when we're prospecting, I always say, don't prospect to make a sale prospect to start a conversation. So when we're prospecting, we're not trying to sell to them. We're trying to start a conversation and get them open to the idea of change. That's really what motivates people to change uh, to buy something, right? Is, is the idea of I'm bought into change. So mm-hmm. if you're selling insurance, if you're selling a SaaS solution, if you're selling sales training, people are already taking care of whatever it is that you can help them. They're already taking care of that right now. It might be painful. They might not know that there's a different way, but they are taking care of it right now. So what you got to really look at is understand what pain might be associated with that. And where is there opportunities for them to gain? And that's the the simple framework of, I need to acknowledge something empathy that they might mm-hmm. be going through right now. And then I need to talk about how things could be different. Notice that you skip, uh, features and benefits. It goes beyond that. It's, it's challenge pain, skip the feature, skip the benefit and talk about the r- result. You
1: mm-hmm. know, what could
2: things look like in a different world? And the education happens to be that different thing. Here are pe- here, how are people doing it different maybe than most of the people that we come across. And it's
0: it's interesting because as I was sitting here listening to what you were saying, it's the first thing that's rolling through my mind is this is the perfect time to start changing the conversations because there's been so many conversations happening over time that have been product centric, feature centric, solution centric, whatever you want to attach before the word centric that now we have. In my opinion, this is the single best time to open up conversations because people want to talk. It's just we got to shift the conversation from a sales conversation just to a normal conversation, and and I was telling some, a couple people on some calls before the podcast is we just got to get back to some non-scripted conversations.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, agree. I think Larry, to your point though, I mean, we need to to reframe what a sales conversation is, right? And absolutely, this, I, I want to go back to this teach versus take because I think. First of all, it, it alliterates, which makes my heart happy. But yeah, but you need before, one more tea, Daryl. <laughs> yeah. Each cake and what else? I don't know. Transform. So, uh, <laughs> boom, there you go. Just coming right out. But, but, but this whole teaching mindset, this is, you know, this is, this should always be our, our model. And it's, it's funny because this morning I've been going back. I think this is a good time to go back to the fundamentals. So, I've been going back through some of my favorite books books that, you know, have been bedrocks to me. And I'm asking the question as I'm I'm rereading through them and um, reviewing them is how can this be applied to the world we find ourselves in right now? And it's, I don't think it's any coincidence that this morning I reread Marcus Sheridan's book, They Ask You Answer, right? Which is basically saying the key to marketing and sales, two sides of the same coin, in my opinion, is to be always begin with the client, the prospect's needs in mind and what questions do they have and how can I answer them? And so what's happened though, is as a sales professional, you've been rocking and rolling and all of a sudden, you know, this huge event happens. Well, guess what? The questions just changed. So we've got to really put some thought to, um, what, what are the questions that our clients have right now? What are the questions, um, you know, that, that they have specifically related to, Areas where I have some expertise that I can provide some helpful answers. And Jason, I loved your idea of just simply going out and asking your current clients, you know, what, what are some of the questions that you have right now? Or how can I help? And then using that as the springboard to d- then add value to other prospects as you're
2: prospecting. Beautiful. Yeah. And I cannot stress, you keep talking about specific questions. That's so important. Mm-hmm. So if I use what we do as an example, helping companies with, you know, outbounded prospecting, mm-hmm. I can't reach out to a prospect and say, Hey, what I hear from a lot of VPs of sales, Daryl, is that they're having trouble prospecting right now. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Everyone is, is having troubles. <laughs> right. uh, okay. I, I think right. that's a problem all the time. Yeah. But I was like, Hey, uh, Daryl, you know, I don't know if you're like a lot of the VPs of sales I'm talking to right now, but what I'm hearing is that the reps are not only having trouble prospecting, but what they're really worried about is they're not using enough empathy and they feel almost like a little dirty uh, having sales conversations right now. They're wondering whether they should even prospect at all. That VP of sales can be like, oh yeah, that's been what's on my mind for the last week is should we continue prospecting and how can we do that with more empathy? So that's the empathy piece or the pain piece Mm. of the framework. And the second part, the result piece or the gain piece is, I, you know, Hey, I talked with three of my clients that are in the same industry as you earlier this week. And they shared a few strategies with me that they're using to really uncover what their buyers are thinking. So they can feel better when they're prospecting and continue starting conversations. Are you cool if I send some of that, those resources over your way? And that resource could be A podcast interview could be a LinkedIn. If you're a rep, it could be a LinkedIn post or a LinkedIn article. Like you can create this stuff. It could be a one-page PDF, but it has to be helpful. Yeah. It has to actually address the core challenge, the specific, I call them situational challenges, like not the generic, like account-based challenge that all Mm -hmm. companies are going through. That is how you create, that's what empathy is. The other thing, too, that has me really fired up is. I feel like people don't even know what empathy is. Mm -hmm. I I saw a post where someone said, and this is a really well-known sales leader. He was questioning whether empathy is required in sales. And I'm like, dude, are you kidding? But his definition of empathy was, well, if a prospect's feeling anxious, you shouldn't also feel anxious. Like, dude, that's what an empath does, right?
0: Right. You should have have tagged me in there. I should have said you should read selling from the heart.
2: Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude, come on. That's not empathy. Empathy is just being able to think about what another person might be thinking and what they're going through and being able to talk to that. And I think that's the first really big thing that you need to do when you're prospecting right now is really change your attitude. Don't get me wrong. I see a lot of people saying be positive. And I think it's so much more than just being positive. Mm-hmm. I I recommend being aware, be yes. aware of when you might be um, really insensitive towards the people on your team or the people that work for you or your prospects and making them like, oh, it's not a big deal that you're freaking out right now. It is a big deal. Restaurants 365 just laid off 95% of their sales staff. Mm-hmm. Like people are getting laid off. Like, like it is a big deal. Yeah. So this empathy and being able to validate where they're coming from and, and, and actually wanting to help and being helpful. That's always what it's been about. But that's like the only thing that you can do, at least right now, as we record this, that's even going to work to start a conversation with someone. Yeah, You know, and this is this is a great time to hit the pause
0: button. And this is a time to readjust and rethink your messaging and all that, because if there's ever been a time where being genuine, authentic, being real, right, being vulnerable, Loving on your customers and your prospects, if there's ever a the time to sit back and go, what do those words truly mean? Now's
1: the time. Yeah, it is. I think uh, this empathy, this is the other uh, that we identified earlier a silver lining, a benefit of this reset button that we've had um, in that we're going to teach rather than take and are prospecting more. I think empathy is something that we should have had all along. Uh, but it's easy to get away without when times are good, right? But this is a time if you haven't learned empathy, this is a time where you better practice it. You better get good at it um, because you're you're absolutely right. I mean, people there are people are going through hard times, right? There are people are are uh, they have family members that are sick. They've got sales people on their team, um, you know, that have been laid off. Maybe you're listening to the podcast yourself. You've been laid off. This is. You know, th- there are some some really emotional things going on right now, but hopefully we can take out of this season a new awareness of the importance of empathy in sales. Um, so here's where I want to transition though in the last part of the podcast, Jason. I want to get really specific and practical just if you, as you've been talking about here in, in your prospecting. Um, what I'm hearing <laughs> out there which I love that phrase, by the way, what I'm hearing, which implies that you actually talk to people and listen to them. Beautiful phrase uh, to pick up from this podcast. What I'm hearing is a lot of salespeople uh, that if I can generalize a little bit that have been working um, in a very good economy with a very good customer base and a, you know, reasonably full funnel, That now all of, and working in a face-to-face environment, taking care and nurturing that client base and hitting their number, all of a sudden, um, things just shifted. Face-to-face disappeared and things aren't easy like they were. The funnel, you know, has um, evaporated. So now if I'm that salesperson that just shifted from that um, eh, heavily leaning to account management side of things to now... What am I going to do? I'm sitting in my home office in front of my computer with my iPhone in front of me.
2: What do you tell that rep? <laughs> uh, so this rep has never done any sort of digital type of prospecting. It's always <laughs> been in person? Is well, the- not necessarily, but um, I mean, I would say, I would say they're aware
0: of it, but they just haven't pushed it up to the forefront. Yeah. Okay.
1: Quite frankly, you know, maybe this rep hasn't aggressively or or aggressively is not the right word, but deliberately had to prospect
2: like they feel like they need to do now in a while. Okay. Okay. So there's there's uh, three pillars to prospecting and doing outbound. It's your ability to identify good fit accounts and contacts. A second, your ability to engage and start a conversation with them. And third, your ability to convert them into a conversation and then an opportunity, right? Where you can start a sales conversation. So -hmm. in this identify bucket, what's really important is this empathy piece that we talked about, but the next part of that is segmentation. So if you've relied a lot on inbound, you're probably not thinking about, I love when I ask people what their ideal client is and they're like, Oh yeah, we can work with anyone or any business with 500 or more employees. I'm like, (laughs) That I'm not saying you should push away and say no to business, but when you go outbound, you really want to appear as a specialist because what's going to be different now is you have three to five sentences in an email. You have 30 to 60 seconds in a cold call. You have a few lines in a LinkedIn message. That's all you're given right now. If you're doing that type of outbound to start a conversation with someone. So you got to make a really good first impression usually. Mm -hmm. So The way you want to segment is through your ideal client profiles and your personas. So what I would be looking at is you might need to adjust that right now. If you're working with industries that are heavily impacted by the times, like let's say retail, you might back off on retail for now if you can and focus on other businesses that are in more of a position to thrive right now. Mm -hmm. But you really need to look at all the clients that you've had this year. You could look at the last three months what do you see in common about the industry, the headcount, the type of challenges they have, the people you typically engage with at those companies. And you're going to start with that. And I would pick two or three of them. And that's all you're going to focus on when you do outbound. You're not going to do this approach where I'm just going to start reaching out to any company under over 500. I'm going to look at where has my Rolodex, my personal Rolodex of clients been the strongest. So then I can then reference success stories or case studies that are hyper relevant to these companies and their industry, the employee account size. That's that's step number one that you've probably never had to do if you've always been an account mm-hmm. manager or dealt with a lot of inbound before. Okay. The second thing is you're going to need a tool to help with some of this. So LinkedIn Sales Navigator is a really good one. Uh, Apollo.io is the one we use. I like its, its list. It's got your lists and your uh, sales engagement in one. So you can send emails, make calls and all that other stuff. But you need a way to get good Uh, phone numbers and emails like direct dials Mm -hmm. are the name of the game right now. Mm -hmm. So another tool you can use is called lead IQ that works with sales navigator and you could get direct dials and you could hit people up. They're at home right now. (laughs) So uh, people are picking up the phone. The the pickup rates are really high. Uh, So I'll go ahead and stop there. That's like the very first part of it. uh, That first pillar, the identified bucket of things that you need to do right away before you even start sending out any outreach.
1: I'm all about that um, concept of really identifying who your ideal client is right now. And, you know, as sales professionals, your company may or may not have gone through that exercise, but that doesn't mean you can't. They and, probably haven't, in my experience. I don't know about your company. You no, well, it, they, they really haven't. And in the work yeah. that we get to do, you know, our listeners know I have one foot in the marketing world and one foot in the sales world. And when we're doing revenue growth workshops with companies, a lot of times, that's where where we start is is who are those ideal clients? Who are the people that you work best with that move the needle the most for you? And uh, you know, one thing I'll say to sales sales professionals is that's a good place to start is to ask yourself the question: Who are your favorite clients? What do they have in common? And how can we go about attracting? How can you go about attracting and finding more of those clients in this season? And that's you know, if you're going to prospect, it's good to prospect for people that are going to. Um, really help you move the needle as we move out of this, this recession. So ask, you know, who are your top five clients? What, what do they have in common? What do you like about them? And, and then let's use that as the you know, basis to go, okay, well, who else fits that profile? And um, it's good, you know, go on Navigator, go on, on um, Apollo, go, go find, find these people. And, you know, once again, as, as sales reps, your company may or may not be investing in those tools guess what? It's your future. So you may need to make some investments in the short term. And um, you go, well, I don't, you know, (laughs) I'm getting slammed right now. Well, I get it. But this is a time where you probably have to make some investments in yourself, whether or not your company is going to do it, because this is your future that we're talking about. So identify. Now we got to engage. Larry's going to like this
2: step. So Jason, talk to us about engaging. (laughs) So the engage part has a couple different components. There's uh, so you're going to need what's called a cadence. Mm-hmm. So a cadence is a sequence of outbound touches. There's a couple of rules of thumb that you want to remember here. Cause what I see a lot is, well, I sent them an email and they didn't respond. So they must not be interested. Right. <laughs> uh, you, you really need 12 to 15 touches. So this data is based on sales loft, outreach IO and what is inside sales.com, which is now Zant, I think mm-hmm. X-A-N-T. So they are sales engagement platforms. They have millions of data points on contact strategies. So when you're putting together cadence, you want 12 to 15 touches over the course of 30 to 45 days, two to three channels. So you at least need to be using email plus phone. And a third would be social. I would throw in, Uh, usually probably going to be LinkedIn for for most of us. Mm -hmm. And then you want the touches to at least be two plus days apart. And those are general guidelines and it could be everywhere in between that, but I would follow those general guidelines when you're putting it together for the first time.
0: Yeah. You know, in, in, in um, what you're saying is music to my ears. It, it really is. But then if, if we take this even one step farther, so I'm going to peel this thing back just a little bit more is now, once you're doing those cadences and you are doing those outreaches and so forth, this is where it's really imperative that you got to walk, talk and act the part online And this is the perfect time that I would urge everybody to blow their dust off of, right, their appearance online, whatever you need to do for one simple reason. And this is just what goes on inside my head is we know things will get better. And I think everybody, you know, Jason and you, Daryl, we can agree things are going to get better, but it's not going to we're not going to rewind 35, 40 days ago and go back to that. The new norms, the new norm. So a lot of what we're all talking about is going to become front and center. And it's those sales leaders, those sales teams, those individual salespeople Mm -hmm. that pay attention to their appearance online. Now that can communicate online, that can effectively build this into their cadence Mm -hmm. are going to set
1: themselves up for a tremendous 2020 and off into the future. Yeah, Larry. I love one of the things that's going on inside the selling from the heart insiders group is we're having people post their LinkedIn profiles and people, your peers are actually commenting on those profiles. I mean, this is a time, you know, this is a time where everything's virtual. You're not getting the face to face. So your face to face is your uh, online presence, which in, you know, our world is LinkedIn profiles. This is a time to, to start. And going back to what you were saying earlier, Jason, when people see you, are they seeing a taker or a teacher? Are they seeing somebody who looks like just another empty suit out there trying to hit a quota? Or are they seeing somebody that's full of ideas that's willing to engage? And you better believe that along that sales cadence, um, they're going to ping on your social at some point. If, if you're doing a remotely good job before they respond or shortly after, they're going to go, is, is this person another empty suit? Or are they the real deal? And this is, you know, if you do nothing else during your downtime, um, this, you know, right away, like hit pause and go out there and fix up your profile because this is a really, really
2: critical time for this. Yeah, and a quick tip on that is make it about the people that you serve. Bingo. Most most people their LinkedIn they treat it like a resume. So if you're a salesperson, you just have all your sales accomplishments. On there, I mean, that's. I guess it's good to have some of that stuff on there. But if I'm a prospect, I'm like, I, I think mean, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's like Larry crushes quota and he's been right. in president's club and stuff. But how can Larry help me? Right, there's so nothing Jason, in there about oh, Jason. I guess I got to change my profile, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I mean, how many times he goes? Oh, to dude, you, you just called me out, dude. Stop, <laughs> <Come> <laughs> on. stop. Give it a break. No, I mean, how many times do you go to a sales rep's profile and that's what you see, right? president's club winner crushes quota, yeah. which, you know, as a prospect I'm reading takes advantage of people and is a hard yeah. closing person. I probably don't want to meet
2: with. Well, it's like online dating. I met my wife on Tinder, right? Yeah. On my Tinder profile. I didn't Get just say here. Hey, I'm oh, six man, foot. Awesome. Uh, I'm uh, shredded, which I'm not shredded. Uh, <laughs> I'm skinny. Uh, you know, yeah. I like this. I like that. It's, it's like, no, I put stuff on there that other people could see you're right. like, Oh, Jason likes traveling. Do I like traveling? Right. Um, Jason does stand-up comedy here and there, and he's not really that funny, um, but he likes doing stand-up comedy. Uh, you know, so uh, you got to think of it like that. And, and with these cadences, the setting up the cadence is the first step. You got to plug in good messaging too, but the messaging will follow the same framework that we talked about earlier. And the way you want to approach it is: let's say you have six emails in a sequence, and you have your calls plugged in and your LinkedIn touches. Mm-hmm. In that first email, don't just say we do all five of these things. It shouldn't be about what we do. So if you look at the problems that your customers have, you could probably put them in two or three buckets. Mm -hmm. That first email is going to focus on the most prominent problem and a way that you can help them with that by teaching them something. The second email is going to be a really short follow up. It's like, Hey, any thoughts or cool. If I send that over, you know, something along those lines, like a one liner. And then that, when you go to call, After that first email, you're gonna open with the same content that you had in the email. You can repurpose this stuff. Don't count on people seeing your stuff one time and and not wanting to ever hear it again or that it would be weird. Like you need to repeat a lot of the same messaging. This is no different than marketing and and the rule of seven, right? It's seeing that repeat message. But that's how you put together the cadence and Take that same messaging that you used in the email. You can use it over the phone. You can use it as a LinkedIn video. You can record a video in the email like I did with you, Larry. You can repurpose all of this stuff, but don't be afraid to be persistent with value. So good. So good. Yeah. I love and, and
0: you know, this 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 is I gotta share a quick story because I, I I'm listening to all this and I started thinking and I thought back. And this was a conversation I had with a VP of sales. This goes back, Jason and Daryl, probably about four years ago and this person said you know what i firmly believe in a point in time that executives right executive decision makers people with authority are going to be digitally lining up sales reps profiles and deciding who they want to have conversations with oh wow
2: it's like a fantasy football four,
0: that was a little bit over 4 years ago yeah now if we go if we fast forward to exactly as we're recording this podcast, that conversation
2: has just come true. You know what it's like, actually? It's like uh, in elementary school when they're picking teams, you know, and you're worried if you weren't going to get picked. Now it's just with your LinkedIn profile. You like, hey, is, is Larry a, pr- a value provider? Does he yeah. look like someone that can help us from a business? Can he have a business conversation with me? That's so Or good. does he just care about selling to me?
1: Yeah. It all comes back to the, you know, what we were saying at the beginning. And Jason, by the way, what a, helpful conversation today. Thank you. Um, this is so timely and I feel like it's, it's been so good for me personally. I've got a whole page full of notes here, um, in different things that I want to take action on, but, um, I think it all comes back to that. The things you were talking about in the beginning, which, you know, prospecting in a digital world means we have a mindset of teaching, not taking, and we have a mindset of, a heart set, Larry, of empathy um, towards the worlds that our prospects are in. And, and so this is this is a really important time for us to go back to the fundamentals of prospecting. But really the fundamentals of prospecting maybe are different than what we were taught, you know, years ago in, in that take mentality, the fundamentals of prospecting in our new world really are heart-based and how can I add value? How can I be of service? And, and um, you know, how can I enter your world and, and add value? So good. Well, Jason, I I can't believe we're up against uh, our time right now. But uh, I say we have this in a drive time format. No one's driving. In yeah. right now. So, uh, you know. But I, I I really appreciate all that that you've done, and and I'm looking forward. I'm hoping you'll engage inside our our insiders group, and maybe even add more value in terms of how we um, how we actually then go to converting. But if you could say one more thing. Uh, to this incredible group of sales professionals all over the planet right now? What what would you say as
2: we round this out? I would say you can't stop prospecting. You have an obligation to sell, and, and your job is at stake right now, too. So everyone's talking about how we need to have empathy for the buyers, but I saw someone, I can't remember who it was, on LinkedIn posted something like, hey, salespeople, they have jobs, too, that are at stake, you know? So you have an obligation to sell your stuff, but that starts with helping. So you can't be afraid to help people. People need help more than ever. And I've been talking with a bunch of other folks about leadership and you have to step up to the plate. Your prospects are indecisive right now and you cannot afford to be indecisive. Yeah.
0: No, and I I agree. And this is the time that we got to lead ourselves. So in, in this state of chaos, Daryl alluded to it, right? This is the best time to invest in ourselves. I'd say this is the single best time to step up and lead yourself. Take control
1: of, right? Teach yourself and take control of yourself. So good. Hey, Jason, as we wrap up as well, you referred at the beginning when we were talking to a resource that I think is going to be really helpful to our audience. Can you tell us just briefly about that and how we can get our hands on it?
2: Yeah. All of this has made me kind of scramble last minute to create content to help people right now. And, and what I put together was it's it's six pages. It's a guide on the future of prospecting and really how to fill your pipeline and start conversations during uncertain times. And you can get that at blissfulprospecting.com slash heart. Yeah, and it's just a free guide, six pages. It'll go through in a more expanded version of what we talked about today Perfect. and give you some actionable things that you could start doing because you, you cannot afford to stop prospecting right now.
0: Yeah, I know you were thinking about us when you put that together because it's slash heart. So that was good. Thanks, Jason.
1: Blissfulprospecting.com <laughs> yeah. slash heart. Well, Jason, th- and we'll put that in the show notes so you can just conveniently click right on that. Uh, I think that I can't wait to read that. That's going to be extremely helpful. And Jason, you are helpful. You've been extremely helpful to all of us today. Thank you. I um, appreciate your heart behind all of this. You're, you're a rock star, man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, well, what an honor. Well, hey to everybody else. Thanks for joining us. Till next week, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value. Don't stop prospecting. And most of all, sell from the heart.
0: Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the Salescast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co.
1: We look forward to seeing you next time.